everyone. Welcome to Let's Celebrate. This is a weekly movie review podcast. Each episode, we take a look at movies of 20 years ago. We hope you enjoy our show and encourage you to participate in discussion on social media or email about the episode or any episode you've listened to. If you enjoy listening to us, drop us a review over at iTunes or on your favorite podcast app. Share your favorite episodes with your friends. I'm Steve. And I'm Ryan. And Ryan, I'm not going to move the chair beside me today, so... Uh, okay, so there's no ghost this time? No, unfortunately there's no ghost, but there is a mummy. Mm-hmm. So if something happens on my end, it's probably just the mummy. But the mummy's not going to show up for the first 40 minutes. No, not really. <laughs> so <laughs> At the end of the podcast, the mummy will show up on it. Yeah. And a horribly CGI'd Brock. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, is there anything else to talk about in this movie than whatever that was at the end? I think we could spend an entire hour just dissecting the CGI of the rock at the end. I really do. There's like this famous um, YouTube video where they're talking about stuff that was available at that same time, and a person like redid the um special effects uh-huh. just using what was around there and it, it was much better it still wasn't <laughs> good but it was much better just showing that i i don't know what they're thinking how could you see that and be like brilliant let's put this on screen you know and and i'm gonna i'm gonna get ahead of myself here a little bit i absolutely love this movie i know it's cheesy crap but i absolutely love this movie but I'm going to agree with you on the CGI, especially the CGI of The Rock. Some of the rest of the CGI, okay, it shows its date, but yeah. I can get it. But the CGI of The Rock as the Scorpion, that was that was cringy. Bad. Yeah. So, uh, in case you haven't picked up on it, we are doing The Mummy Returns, uh, the second installment of The Mummy movies, of which, by the way, there were only three, because somebody said Tom Cruise made one. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> well, I even like that's not this one. They tried to reboot everything, yeah. but I mean, I've never seen it, but I can tell it's not in the same style as the no. other three. And okay, so the mummy itself came out, and I absolutely loved the mummy. Yeah, the I loved the first mummy. You know, it was it's fun, cheesy throwback kind of Indiana Jones. Brendan Fraser has never been more charismatic. Rachel Weisz is just beautiful, and yeah, you know everything in that movie. Yeah, and so it's, it's just dumb fun. Yeah, it's it's the way I described it was it's Indiana Jones, but take away the seriousness of Indiana Jones. Even though Indiana Jones wasn't a fully serious movie, it had his, it had his comedy and everything else. This is much more the comedy leaning with some of the action, whereas Indiana Jones was the other way around. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And the second one came out, and I'm not going to lie, I love this one too. Um, but the third one... Um, uh, Legend of the Dragon Emperor or something like that with Jet Li. That was bad. It's still one I don't know if I've seen it. Well, I've Rachel seen moments of it. Yeah, Rachel Vice's character isn't in it anymore. Her character's in it, but she isn't. She's not it. Yeah, Maria Bello takes her place. Yeah. And that just didn't work at all. And then the kid is like 20 that, isn't he? Like the yeah. son. Yeah, yeah, he's he's older and then Jet Li is a, is the Dragon Emperor and yeah, it it was it was bad. So we really could end the Mummy franchise at number two, and I'd we be okay really with that. We could have ended it after number one, I think. <laughs> We're going to agree to disagree, because I love this crap. This is just good. Um, the funny thing is, though, I was looking at the tagline for it this morning, mm-hmm. uh, and it says, The tagline for this movie, according to Box Office Mojo and IMDb, The mummified body of Imhotep is shipped to a museum in London where he once again awakes and begins his campaign of rage and terror. I don't think that's what happened. Like No, not really. He wasn't shipped there. I mean, I guess technically he was. But that makes it sound like he was shipped there to go to a museum or something like that. No, he was dug up by the bad guys and mm-hmm. taken there so they could perform the ritual to awaken him. Mm-hmm. It's not like he was... UPS didn't pick him up and take him to the, to the British Museum. That would have been interesting. It would have been kind of fun to watch. Um, but, but that's just the second... Night at the museum. No, the third night at the museum. Third, yeah, the third one. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the same plot. So more or maybe less. that's where they got it from. It might be. Um, so if we take a look at it, it actually did fantastic. It's the oh yeah, it was a huge hit. It was a huge hit. I mean, it grossed worldwide four hundred and thirty million dollars, and it took and it made it, it was less than a hundred million dollars to make, or yeah, less than a hundred million dollars to make it. Uh huh. So it made 
plenty of cash back. Um, it, it, I don't think, as we talked about a minute ago, they, they used much of that special effects budget. I think you can see where they ran out of special effects budget. Yeah. I mean, you're going through, you're going through, you're going through, and you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> um, was this the first, it was one of the first, but was this the first big movie for The Rock that he was in? Yeah, it, it was his first uh, big movie. Um, and, like, he's not in that much of it. Like, no. I remember, because this was the height of wrestling, too. Right. This was when he, wrestling was the biggest, and they were promoting it every week on wrestling. Hey, he's going to be in the Scorpion King. Right. Him himself is in, what, maybe two minutes of it? Yeah, he's in the first maybe five minutes as they tell the story of the Scorpion King. Yeah, and then when he comes back, he's just a bad CG. So, I mean, that wasn't even him. Right. No, I agree. It was, you know, at the end, like I said, yeah, the the special effects budget just gave out on him. And they were like, we're done. I think they used all the money on, I don't know what they're called, but I call them the honeycomb guys. Oh, the, um... The the warriors of of what's his name? Yeah, the the little dudes. I just call them the honeycomb oh. guys because they remind me of the honeycomb. Wait, are you talking about like the little uh, pygmy guys? Pygmies, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys were fun. I yeah, like those I guys. Think, I think they used all the money on that, and then they're like, oh, we forgot to do the scorpion king. Yeah, just Photoshop it really badly on the rock's face, and then <laughs> what a day. I mean, really, if you look at CGI, those little those little pygmy guys were probably the best CGI of the movie. Yeah, they probably were. Um, so, but yeah, so it's not like, like you know, we, we look at it and it's not really up against much at the movie theaters. I mean, because, yeah, and like, we were just talking about this on, you know, when we were texting today that this is the first weekend of May. This is always the big start of the summer season. It's just really sad that this year isn't, well, last year isn't either, but this year. Right. I just wish, because, you know, this is when the Avengers movies came out or Spider-Man, the Mummy um, right, you know stuff like that, and then this year there's just nothing. It's like, but it, we should have our first big, like a Guardians movie or something. Yeah, I know. I feel like this is where we should have like Phase Four of the Marvel movie starting this week. You know, to, you know, Black Widow was originally yeah. out this week, and then they push it back for the tenth time or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, like the Mummy Returns was the kickoff of the 2001 summer movie season. Yeah, it really was. And it was huge. It was a big hit. Everybody went, well, I won't say everybody went and saw it, but it was it was a big hit for the year, you know? Yeah. It, it was in the, what, top five, I'd say? It ended the year at, uh, where do I see that? They've changed this. Box Office Mojo, we said this earlier, you suck now. Yeah, it really does. I don't know. Oh, here. Franchise rankings. It doesn't do anything when I click on it. You suck, Box Office Mojo. I'm pretty sure it was in the top five. Yeah, I think it was in the top five. Um, yeah, probably. Oh, for for that year, yeah, probably was. I don't know. I'm looking it up right now. Let's see. Let's see. No, that's, highest grossing films. Um, wow, no. Yeah, it was number five. That's what there I thought. There you go. So, okay. It made $200 million in America. The only things that beat it were Rush Hour 2, Monsters, Inc., Shrek, and the first Harry Potter. I mean, it even beat The Fellowship of the Ring. So that's that's silly. Yeah. How did that happen? Well, is that because the fellowship came out late and they only counted the calendar year? Oh yeah, that's the calendar year. Okay, okay. So if you if you look, I was about to say that doesn't seem right. So uh, Lord of the Rings is number two if you do that, just behind Harry Potter. So it's number okay. six if you include what it made the next year. Okay, that makes more sense to me then. I'm good yeah, with that. I was, like, I was like, wait a sec, $160 million. I'm like, that's not right. Yeah, that didn't sound right. So, so yeah, number six. But still, I mean, like, the movies that it did worse than was Harry Potter, which was a franchise. Right. Lord of the Rings, which was a franchise and really well done. Mm-hmm. Shrek, Monsters, Inc., which you got Pixar, and then Rush Hour 2, which was another sequel. So, yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's up there with the big boys. Yeah. And, you know, it... it it was a movie, like you said, that kicked off the summer. I mean, if I look ahead, you know, at the summer, that summer, there were some decent movies that came out that summer. And Pearl Harbor. And then Pearl Harbor. Um, there have been also really bad ones, because Planet of the Apes, Jurassic Park 3, Pearl Harbor, so... Yeah. That's, it's weird that, you know, in in this this particular year, you had some huge hits, and then you had... 
Swordfish, you know, uh-huh. and Laura Croft. I mean, some of these movies, I, I, I didn't even realize they came out that year. Now, with that being said, you do realize that one of the movies that came out this year, and we will be doing, is the first Fast and Furious. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We um, have to do that. I mean, it's the Fast and Furious. Yeah. But, so so back to this movie. I mean, it made its money back easily. Um, and, and interestingly, mm-hmm. it did kind of split 50-50 on money, domestically and internationally. Pretty close. So and that's pretty good. You know, that's we were getting to that point in the like world where, you know, it used to be you made all the money in America. Right. Now it's if you fit, now it's like I think we only do like 30, 35% on a big movie in America. Yeah. I think Asia picks up a lot, if yeah. I'm correct. Russia is really big. Yeah, Russia's huge. So um yeah, the, it's kind of flipping, and, and this is kind of where it was starting to do that, to 50-50s. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the plot synopsis of this movie, it, it isn't that hard. Um, Just yell for two hours, <laughs> and that's the plot synopsis of this movie. <laughs> well, sort of. Um, yeah. So, basically, though, it's... it's mummy's come, A guy needs to get mummy back. The bad guy oh. needs to get the mummy back. Because he wants... So here's the one thing I didn't understand, okay? The whole point of bringing Imhotep back was to defeat the Scorpion King after they were going to resurrect the Scorpion King so they could have the Scorpion King's army. To do their bidding, yeah. Right. Did the bad guy think that Imhotep was going to just bow to his will? Apparently. You know, they were going to have, like, the woman... and. I'm sorry, I still don't understand how Rachel Weiss was connected to the, like, other person and why the resurrection person was, like, in body in this, but the other one doesn't look... It's just all the stuff with the women in this movie is just You mean how, as hell. how the, the woman was wound up being Anaksunamun uh-huh. and Rachel Weiss was Nefertiri? Was the yeah, the sister. Right? Yeah. No, yeah. That it, was, it was like... Oh, a formidable warrior was Anak Moon was the defender of some, of the crown or something, and then Nefertiri was the pharaoh's daughter, and she was the defender of the pharaoh. Oh, okay. Or something Fair. like that. Yeah. But, I mean, like, that whole thing was just, like... That was weird. ...be like, I'm not really doing anything in this movie, so, like, oh, we'll give you this, because it felt so tacked on, and just... They kind of mention it, and then they never mention it again, and then they mention it again. Yeah. And then they're like know what we want at the end of this two chick sword fighting. Yeah. And, and they also did it with Brendan Fraser too, though, because he has that tattoo on his arm. Yeah. And the one guy, um, who's a Magi in the first movie and he's in the second movie here too. He's like, Oh, that means you're a Magi, but it never really comes to anything. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I mean, like it was almost like they wrote that, that extra plot point in there and they were going to do something with it. And they go, Nah, I don't know. Just stick it on some statue at the end, so that gives them inspiration of what to do and how to kill a scorpion king. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, so. that's it. I mean, that's all they did with those two small plot points. But So they they take him to, to London. They resurrect him. After 40 minutes. We, we yeah. cannot <laughs> stress this enough that <laughs> nothing happens for 40 minutes in this movie other than... A dig site. The, yeah, the dig site and the kids annoying... Okay, so we're going to rank this right now. Is he worse or better than Jake Lloyd in Phantom Menace? In terms of the acting or in terms of the character? I don't know. It's just every time he showed up on screen, I wanted to, like, Sparta kick him, like, in the face. We really could have been saved a lot of this movie if at the beginning when the bad guy tomb robbers are coming into the tomb and he's, like, shooting them from the top of that scaffold with his, with his like, a slingshot. Headshot him? Yeah, because the one guy climbs up there, and he's like, I'm going to kill you. And the other guy's like, let's leave. And he goes, okay. And he slides back down and leaves. <laughs> oh, you mean when the mummy turns into, like, Home Alone 3 for, like, 10 minutes? Yeah, where they're kind of, uh, yeah. They're kind at of, that, like, slapsticking. At that point, I, like, paused it again. I'm like, nope, okay, it is a mummy movie. I was just making sure I didn't accidentally <laughs> start Home Alone Egypt. No, you're right. Um so they could have they could have really killed him off, but then I guess that would have done away with the plot, right? Because he puts on the Scorpion King bracelet without knowing yeah. what it is, and all of a sudden he's got like a VR projection out of it. <laughs> yeah, and like 
he there's no wonderment in this did you notice he just, they just all look at it they're like huh yeah oh, it's like 1931 <laughs> yeah holograms just pop out of this bracelet i think they would have been a little bit more awestruck or something i mean for me i probably would have been on the ground like oh my god what the hell is that yeah no, they're, they're just like oh yeah look at that and then like they're just like boys will be boys <laughs> i'm like why are you number one why are you just letting him explore a tomb by himself you know <laughs> yeah i would never go into an egyptian tomb okay i would never do it myself and just leave my kid behind me but uh-huh. take that one step further and the last time they were in an egyptian tomb a literal mummy came out of the out of the tomb and tried to kill all of them so no i'm not leaving my kid behind in the tomb of the well, of course maybe they did want him just to die and they're like yeah I go mean, go explore it was if he was my kid, I wouldn't blame him. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, God, kill him. Please, mommy. <laughs> Please? <laughs> but we haven't even gotten to the mommy. This is still, like, just... This is the, still the like, beginning. The the wet bandits, I guess, yeah, they would be? Yeah, that's who they were. And they show up a couple times throughout the movie. Um, You know, but aren't... I, I, I always kept thinking they were going to be something more, and they no, never they were. just there were. for dumb humor. Why, though? Why? Why were they there for dumb humor? Okay, so this is a good time to bring this up. Because okay. I did love the first mummy. I thought it was really oh, yeah. fun. And the guy that wrote and directed all of this, mm-hmm. um, he also, like, before this, he did, um, in 93, he did The Adventures of Huck Finn with Elijah Wood, which I think is a really good adaptation of that. I really like that. I, I agree with you. That was a good movie. That was a better movie than I think people give it credit for. And then the next year he did The Jungle Book, okay, which wasn't bad. You know, I remember that one. Then he did, like, one of our first ones that we talked about, Deep Rising. Oh, God. Really? Yeah. We're hitting a bad thing. But We're then starting he comes, to... Then he comes back with The Mummy, though. So I'm like, okay, maybe something happened Deep Rising. I kind of like this director. But then this is what he rattles off after The Mummy. The Mummy Returns, Van Helsing, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Wow. I'm starting to think he was not a good director, and maybe he just got lucky with the first mummy. That's very possible. I mean, you look at those, oh my goodness, are you serious? Yeah, so four, the four movies that he did was The Mummy Returns, Deep Rising, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, and Van Helsing, which I think is still one of the worst movies in the last 20 years. Van Helsing's only redeeming quality is Kate Beckinsdale is in tight leather for most of the movie. But she does that in Underworld, which I was is gonna say, bad, but, you could, but still better than that. You could turn on Underworld and watch her in tighter leather. <laughs> yeah. And it's actually a relatively better movie. That was one movie where I worked at, I was working at the theater at the time, and I actually got paid to screen the movies. Really? I started watching Van Helsing. Oh, don't tell me you walked out. I did. I just clocked out and went home because other people were watching it. It was so bad that I literally didn't want to get paid to watch it. I've never seen the whole thing. I have. I left after um, Jekyll and Hyde show up and, like, it's just the most ugly CG. And, like, he pulls his pants up at this one point. And I'm like, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. I I left the theater, clocked out, and went home. I know I've seen Van Helsing, but I don't remember it. Honest to God, I don't remember any of it. I remember one thing. There was something about a mirror in a hallway at one point. I don't know what that was for, but I remember that scene. So my theory with this guy is if he has studio intervention, maybe he's actually pretty good. Like like I said, I like the Elijah Wood. Um, I did too. I've watched it many times. I really love The Mummy, but I think after that he got big enough and he's like, I'm going to do whatever I want. And it's just awful action CG fest that make no sense. It's kind of like how sometimes maybe a good high school student has is good because they have the direction and the structure of high school, and then they go off to college and they fail out after two years because they can't figure yep. it out themselves. Exactly. Yeah, it's that's this director. Um, oh, God, Van Helsing was... Ugh. Um, so, where were we? Oh, yeah, so... God, we haven't got to The Mummy yet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like The Mummy. So, we're 20 minutes in. Um, all right, so they do figure out that the bad guys are in England, 
and the son, who's annoying as crap, but he's a he's a freaking know-it-all. Like he knows everything. Yeah. Uh, he's like, oh, I know who that guy is. He's the director of the Royal Museum. Why didn't Rachel Weiss know that? <laughs> like she's you know, a big Egyptology person. I am forty, and I couldn't tell you the director of the National Museum. I couldn't either. But she's a big Egyptology person. You'd think she'd know that guy. Yeah. But instead, her kid knows that person. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they race and down there, and, and the mummy comes alive. The mummy comes alive, and like oh, but this is also how many people get kidnapped that Brendan Fraser has to rescue in this movie. Three. Yeah, because you know it's the brother who was he even this annoying in the first one. Yes. Okay. Well, I no, no, he wasn't. He wasn't this annoying in the first one. Do you know who the brother reminds me of in this one? Is um the Riley Poole character from National Treasure. Yeah, okay. In the yeah. first one, it's like, okay, he's he's a pretty good sidekick. And then the second one, it's like, okay, we get it. You lost your money. Shut up. Yeah, Stop talking. Go somewhere else. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, so, like, you were talking about the first one. You know, it's really good because it's comedy first in action. Yeah. So, like, you always think that they're going to get out of it. You're oh, never yeah. worried about the character. But that's fine because of the cares, you know, the chemistry between the two. Like I said, um... Brendan Fraser so charismatic in this. Mm-hmm. It's funny. So you don't really care that you understand that nothing's going to happen to him. The right. second movie, they're like, oh, the um, son's been kidnapped. They might hurt. No, they're not. No, they're not. Oh, the wife's been kidnapped. They better. She'll be fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, skipping ahead, even at the end when she gets stabbed in the gut, uh-huh. it's like she's not dead. I mean, she's dead, but she's not going to stay dead. Yeah, she's going to come back. We, we all know this. Um, so yeah, they kid at this point in the movie, they have kidnapped Rachel Weiss and they're going to burn her. Yeah. So they have to go. go. And then the mummy comes and then we have a 20 minute scene on a double decker bus. Yeah. And that, I think they tried a little too hard with the comedy there because they're like, Oh, I, I can't get the, I can't get the door open in the car. Like the, the stupid brother. And then he's like, he oh, the and then he gets in the car How and he break breaks the, the key. key. You turn. You turn the key. <laughs> and then they're like, hang on. And he comes rolling up in a stolen double-decker bus in London. And they have a 20-minute chase scene in this double-decker bus, which I will grant you it's 1930 and cell phones don't exist, so they can't be calling the cops like everybody. But at some point, a cop is going to be like, why is that double-decker bus flying down the road with gunshots flying out of it and mummies hanging off of it? Yeah. Maybe we should stop this. And also, London apparently has no traffic. Yeah, no, they don't. But I will say, I didn't notice it. Well, I, I tried to pay a little bit more attention to some of the stuff this time. And when they're being chased by those mummy guys, there are people in the background who just like get shoved out of the way by the mummy yeah. guys. Which I thought was hilarious. I didn't see that the first time. But they, then this scene's over, and then the kid gets kidnapped. Yep. They're like, I mean, oh, we did it. Literally just rescued one other person, and now someone else is being kidnapped. Yep. Because this movie has no plot. They have to. They have to force it along. Yeah. There's no doubt. Uh, the kid gets kidnapped because this bracelet, and and this is this is the best part of the bracelet. It shows them in steps where to go to get to this lost city or this lost pyramid. Yeah. It, it was just find my iPhone, but a bracelet. Yeah. But it doesn't tell you all at once. It'll say, like, it's find my iPhone, except it you won't tell you where the iPhone... It'll tell you it's in Illinois. Then you get uh-huh. to Illinois, it'll tell you it's in Decatur. And then you get in Decatur, it'll tell you it's at the airport. You get in the airport, it'll tell you it's at, you know... Locker 14. Yeah. It doesn't tell you exactly where it is right off the bat. Because they have to go to each stop. Uh-huh. At e- so, of course, at each at each stop, the little boy thinks he's super smart, and he leaves him, like, sand sculptures. <laughs> Which, I'm like, how did no one notice that this kid is slowly losing clothing? Because <laughs> he's covering each one up with something. Uh-huh. And, and so, to me, one of my favorite characters in this movie, as weird as it's... I mean, I, I like Brendan Fraser. I, I really do. But I like the balloon pilot. <laughs> because yeah. he's just weird. I love the eye patch he's got. And Brendan Fraser's like... When did you lose an eye? He goes, oh, I didn't. It makes me look more dashing. <laughs> but again, that character was just there because they had the biplane guy in the first one. Yes. Yeah, that, that's the only reason that guy's there. So he flies his little balloon, and they chase after him. And 
almost get swallowed by a river that Imhotep like throws into the air, which was actually kind of cool. It was very much a uh, a Lord of the Rings scene, right? You know, with the whole Nazgul crossing the river kind of thing, except the other way around. The bad guys win. Yeah. Um, but when they do rescue the son, finally, the son's like, oh, I'm good. Oh, no, they're all like, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy you're here. And the son's like, guys, I'm going to die in five minutes if you don't get me that temple. <laughs> and then they outrun the sun. <laughs> they outrun the sun. Because <laughs> I've seen tons of movies where, like, a grenade goes off and they'll outrun the grenade. I'm like, I don't think that happens. I've never seen I, anybody outrun the sun. I don't think you could outrun the sun. <laughs> Which is great. He's just running, carrying that kid the whole yeah, time. he carries him. He's outrunning the sun with a 60-pound dead weight in his hand. And then they, like, dive into the pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> that was just great. And now they're they're laying, and again, this is another moment where you talk about forcing the plot along, right? So Brendan Fraser and the son dive into the pyramid. Rachel Weiss and her brother come out and they're like, Oh, it's happy, it's happy, it's happy, gut stab. <laughs> because yeah. Imhotep shows up with that one chick and she just like kills Rachel Weiss right there. Mm-hmm. But then yeah, she comes back and has the chick fight and Yeah. Bad CG army beats bad CG army. Yeah, so there's not much to talk about about what happens inside the temple, so we're going to just go straight to the rock. Yeah. And so he was the Scorpion King, and instead of coming back as, like, the mummy came back as a human, he somehow comes back as a scorpion. Like a giant scorpion. And it's... With the rock's head. With the rock's head. Photoshopped horribly on it. Let me just stop real quick, though. Even at the beginning when it actually was the rock... Did you see how much smaller that man was then than he is now? <laughs> oh, yeah, and he had um, hair. Yeah, he had hair. He was still wrestling back then, though. Yeah. And so he was. He had to stay athletic, whereas now he's just like, I'm huge. <laughs> um, But, yeah, so we get to CGI Rock at the end, and the fight with CGI Rock is weird. Like, I get it when you're in Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or something like that, and you have to fight CGI things. But how do you ramp yourself up to fight a CGI scorpion? I don't, I don't get that. I, I, I'd struggle with that. Yeah, just and you picked him because he's charismatic. Let him be charismatic. He's a wrestler. You don't oh, need yeah. to teach him fighting. Just bring the rock in. Say he's super strong and fight him. Yeah, he didn't actually need to be a scorpion. No, he didn't. And it makes me wonder why they did that. Was was his wrestling schedule so busy he didn't have time to be at filming and they were just like we're gonna cgi you no because he was out for months filming this i'm like when i was watching this because i remember he was out for like a three four months and they kept saying yeah he's doing scorpion king it was two days worth of work what was he doing i don't understand (sighs) whatever but so the cgi scorpion is 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 kicking everybody's ass except this is the time where Brendan Fraser's Magi thing comes back for the only time in the entire movie. Oh, God. Because he sees the, the, the statue on the wall with the same tattoo thing. But it, the best part about this is it's literally an Ikea directions of how to kill the Scorpion King. Because it's like the one guy is holding the stick. The second guy expands the stick. The third guy throws the stick. And the fourth one shows it impaling the Scorpion King and killing him. Yeah, he's like, oh, okay, I got this. <laughs> At which point, if it, if it was an Ikea direction, he'd still find a way to mess it up. Mm-hmm. And he would or divorce Rachel Weiss. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but he doesn't. I mean, they they all try to figure it out. There's there's like this big fight over who's going to throw it. And then one per- the Emotep throws No, the brother throws it, Emotep stops it, then Emotep throws it, and Brennan Fraser stops it. And then... The rock, he doesn't actually throw it. The rock just, like, falls on it. <laughs> oh, no. Which I'm going, oh, that was kind of, okay. I guess that happened. Um, and that was pretty much the end of the movie. Uh, well, they're, both the both Emotep and Brendan Fraser are, like, hanging on to the pit of hell. Yeah, black goo or something. Well, it was it was where the, the, the damned souls were grabbing at their feet. Yeah. And then his wife comes out and saves him. And Anaxuna Moon runs away. And then so Emotep's like, oh well, and he falls down in. Yep, alright, well, 
gotta go away now. And that's the movie. I mean, that's it. I still loved it, but that was the end of it. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's 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 no more of that movie. It ends right after that with them all going, yay. They get up to the top of the pyramid. The blimp guy shows back up. I don't know how he fixed his blimp, but that's fine. And then they go away. Cut. And then they throw the kid out of the hot air balloon. Oh, I wish. Apparently they didn't because he does show up in number three. Yeah. Um, so I've already told you my thoughts on the film. It's cheesy and it's dumb, but I still love it. I, I'm, I'm assuming it's cheesy and it's dumb and you still don't like it. <laughs> I used to really like this. I remember in 2001, 20 years ago, I'm like, that was fun. Mm-hmm. I've seen the original mummy since then, but uh, so deep down, I must've known it wasn't good because I saw it and I'm like, I like the second one. It was still good, but I never watched the third one. You don't and need to. Like, I, I watched the first one over, but I never watched the second one. So I turned it on. And oh my god, I hated this movie. Yeah. I, I can understand. I think 2001 movies are going to kill me 20 years later. Because we've done, what, five of these now? <laughs> yeah. And the best movie, like, other than the week where I'm like, I am not watching this because. Town and um, Country? Yeah, I'm not watching Town and Country because Crocodile Dundee 3 broke something in me that still has not been repaired. Yeah. So we watched Frailty, which I really like, but yeah. the best movie we've watched from 2001 is Josie and the Pussycats. Well, come on now. Next week we do Mon- Moulin Rouge, so that's going to fix weeks. us. Two weeks. We got Night's Tale first. Oh, yeah, two weeks we do that. You're right. Night's Tale's first. Yeah. So, which we may switch that up a little bit, too. <laughs> so, and that's only because we can't find it. I'm actually interested. No, it's Pearl Harbor we're switching up, isn't it? Yeah, Pearl Harbor. Pearl yeah. Harbor we're switching up. Nice that, I've already given three hours of my life to that movie. I'm not renting it and yeah. giving another three hours. Um, it's funny you mentioned that, though, because, like, I sent you that I was I was up in Moline for the, the tournament this weekend, and mm. I sent you that picture of the Australian adventure or whatever, and I was like, fuck, I've seen that movie. <laughs> yeah. But, like, so I actually had to watch the Mummy Returns in, like, two pieces because I'm like, I just, I cannot watch any more of this. Yeah. Because I was just, I was bored. So, the next question on our list is, does it hold up, right? No, it doesn't hold up. Yeah. I'm saying unequivocally no, but it's also, I think, the first time capsule of a dated movie. Because, like, if you watch something from the 70s, you know it's from the 70s. If you watch something from the 80s, you know it's from the 80s. Like, I didn't think 2000 would be there yet, but this movie is, like, early 2001 big budget movie bad big budget movies in a nutshell because the characters have no character arc whatsoever they are the dialogue is just to further the plot and move from one thing to the other Mm -hmm. and all this movie is is the characters do something so they can get to a special effects action scene so Mm -hmm. so they can in that and at the end of that special effects action scene something happens so they can somehow get to the next one Uh, yeah you're you're kind of right there. So here's my question then, because, you know, is this, you mentioned it, is this the beginning? Because if I remember right, the beginning of the 2000s had some absolutely horrible mainstream released movies that yeah. I think did well, in, or maybe at least did an average, that there's no way they'd hold up today. You know, you think yeah. of some of those movies. I, I just did a quick Google search. Think of some of these movies that actually... These are actual movies that came out back then. Honey. Remember that? With Jessica Alba? Oh, yeah. Um, the Love Guru. <laughs> that movie is so bad it's enjoyable. Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, Norbit, the one with Eddie Murphy. Yep, never seen that one. Nope. Seed of Chucky. Hey, that's actually fun. I actually kind of fun movie. From Justin to Kelly... Oh, God. An <laughs> idol movie. Yeah. Glitter. Yep. Malibu's Most Wanted. Yeah, these are all just bad movies. Like, the way I was thinking well, was, but I was thinking of, like, the big budget movies. Like, I put this in the same thing as the 1998 Godzilla movie. Yes. Yeah, um, no. Maybe Armageddon, but I kind of have a soft spot for the insane. I, I think Armageddon for me is like Mummy Returns for you that I know it's bad, but I just got a soft spot for stuff blowing up and Michael yeah. Clark Duncan running around in tidy whities and, you know, uh, Bruce Willis sacrificing himself. But 
there's all these movies that's just CG and noise with no plot. And that's what I think Mummy Returns was. Because it's like, get here, have a bad joke. Yeah. Mummies chase us. Get here, have a bad joke. The pygmies chase us. You know, get here, have a bad joke. The Scorpion King. You know, and it's just... Yeah. All the dialogue in the script is, is let's get to that next scene. Well, I mean, you know... It started a little bit before this, obviously. I think, but you're right. It's 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 yeah. Now I don't blame worth. this movie. For no, it. I think there was movies before it, but this is just that. I think it's a great microcosm of this is where you know these kind of movies that weren't that well was in 2001. Yeah, and this does well, and this is why we get Van Helsing. Ugh, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I mean, like, if this wouldn't have done well. We wouldn't have gotten that, but we did. And yeah, that's what we get. You know, and and you look, you know, in the next few years after that, you know, you've got you've got movies like, oh, let's see, um, well, it, right before that in '97, so a few years before, was Dante's Peak. That yeah. movie was horrendous, if I remember correctly. It, there was two of them, if you remember. There's I do. Movies, and they're both really bad. Yeah. So it's just you're right though. This movie does this. Is, I think you're right. This is the first movie from the early 2000s that feels like it's from the early 2000s. Yeah, it just feels dated because and now like I love Fast and Furious movies. Oh, I do too. I love I love Mission Impossible. I'll go watch any Jurassic Park movie, no matter how good or bad it is. So I'm not one of those that's like, no, you have to watch a Wim Wenders film now. I like big summer blockbusters, but maybe I'm getting to the age where. I don't want to just see it with no point. And like, I love the Marvel movies, but I think a lot of problems in the Marvel movies is the third act when everything just becomes special effects. Like the worst yeah. part of guardians, the, the galaxy too. Like I love the first hour of that movie, but oh. then when all of the like spaceships are fighting on ego and like, they're just blowing stuff up. It just gets, oh, especially after the first time you see it, the same thing with winter soldier. I love winter soldier oh, yeah. until they get to the point where they're fighting on the three airships. And all it is, is, this CG airship's beating this one. Well, Give me more of him beating Bucky up in the street. Yeah. I think if you look at, if you're going that way, like, to me, the last, that hour or so of Guardians 2 is some of the worst of the big budget Marvel movies out there for me. Yeah, because there's, it's just noise. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I love big special effects if there's a purpose behind it, but... And again, there was no um, stakes in that scene because no. the bad guys were just robots that were controlling from the other place, and you knew the bad, good guys were going to get killed. Yeah. So, you know, you're right, though. It, to, to tie it back to this movie, I still love it. It's still cheesy. It's still good for me. But you are right. I mean, I, I didn't watch it, yes, you, you know, this, this week and go, man, that was... Everything I remembered it being. I watched it. I smiled at the end, and I said, "You know what? I still love that piece of shit." Yeah, because I know like, what it is. Yeah, that's that's the way I am with Armageddon. I know Armageddon's not like most Michael Bay movies for me. Up to like the third Transformers. After that, it's been downhill. But you know, like Bad Boys Two. I know that's not good. That's a bad but movie. I can still watch it. Yes, I agree with that. It's it's a bad movie, but I can still sit there at the end of the day and go that. I watched that. That was fun. I had a good, you know, two hours of my time. Yeah. But with The Mummy Returns, you have Rachel Weisz and Brendan Fraser, who are so good together in the first one. Just let them be again. You have The Rock. Do something with them. We don't need 20 yeah. minutes of seven different mummies in there. The interesting thing about Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz, you mentioned that. There are a couple times in this movie that they let the chemistry of those two take the scene. And it does really well in those scenes. Yeah, but they are barely ever in the movie together. But they're not there together very often. You're right. And that, that was my next point was when they're together, like, I know it's dumb, but that scene where the boy puts the bracelet on for the first time and he's watching the hologram. Well, Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss are up in the upstairs hallway having a nice, intimate moment. Yeah. And they do really well together up there. And it's the one of the only times where I'm like, okay. Like, I was already like, God, this is terrible. And then that came like, okay, maybe it's not as bad as I think it's going to be. Yeah. And then I'm like, nope, it is. But they, they just don't keep them together long enough. Like, they're mm -hmm. always splitting the two of them up. And, I mean, I, I can't even think of a good analogy for it. But it's like it's like you can't take what the chemistry that makes a movie and split it apart and expect to have a good movie out of it. Exactly. 
So, um, what's the best scene of this movie? I, I don't know. I am kind of particular to the, like, um, like I call the honeycomb guys. Those are fun. I like that scene. That, those are fun. We didn't even talk about them, but that's a fun little scene. Yeah, like, I thought that was, that's still fun and that's cute. And again, like, because they let Brendan Fraser be funny. Just let him be funny. He's well, he's like a guy that doesn't get his due anymore. He was a charismatic guy. He was fun. He he had some struggles there for a while. Yeah. You know, he came out, I believe it was sexual abuse. He was, yeah. he blew the whistle on and really kind of seems like he got blacklisted there for a while. He did. And then like, you know, even he's in the new, um, he's in doom patrol and doom all that patrol. stuff now. And just him doing his voice. He's pretty good. I mean, like he's a charismatic guy. Just yeah. let him have fun. Yeah, I agree. The, the scene with the pygmies, you're right. That's Brendan Fraser where you just say, Hey, be action funny action mm-hmm. fun and he was that's a good scene for me um let's see my favorite scene i mean for me that's that's the scene that always sticks out to me that one and the the airship i don't know why the airship always stuck out to me but it always did um i don't know i'd, I'd probably go with oh my yeah, that might have to be it too. The airship is to me when they're in the canyon. I like that just because it's cheesy, it's mm-hmm. it's goofy, you know. But to me, that they're interchangeable. Those two scenes, I I go with either one. So what's what's the worst scene of the movie for you? I think the um, the Home Alone scene in the tomb where like he's just beating up the bumbling idiots. Yeah, yeah, that's got to rank up there for me. It's. It's the climax, the Scorpion King fight. Yeah, no, but that at least that's memorable. That scene now is kind of like in Spider-Man 3, because the first time you saw that, you're like, oh my god, I don't want to watch him dance again. Oh, yeah. Now if I see that movie, I'm like, I'm waiting until he dances, because it's so cheesy bad that it's memorable. So if you want to do it that way then, cheesy bad because it's memorable, um, my worst scene would be uh, when the wet bandits come on the train and they demand more money. Yeah. And she's like, oh, come this way and you'll get your just reward. And they follow her. And they're just like, yeah, let's do that. To me, that was just, I don't know. Again, yeah. they're, they're characters that were completely expendable. Yeah, and if didn't you got rid the of movie. them, it didn't matter. Yeah, which they did get rid of them and the movie didn't change. Mm-hmm. Um, who was the champion of the film? It's Brendan Fraser. Yeah, I mean, like, but they didn't let him do anything. No, but it's still Brendan Fraser. He's still yeah. the champion of the film. He makes these movies. He does. And there's another three movies that I really enjoy put out by TNT called The Librarian. Cheesy mm-hmm. crap movies, you know, with Noah Wiley. Brendan Fraser could have been the librarian. He could have taken Noah Wiley's place, and those movies would have been just as good as well because that's... Probably better. Yeah, probably. That's that's his fit. Mm-hmm. You know, he's that cheesy, goofy, action, fun star. You know, I love him in this. I love him in um, Blast from the Past with Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, George of the Jungle. George of the Jungle. He he's what make he's the only thing that makes George of the Jungle watchable. Encino Man, he was good in. Encino Man, yeah, he's just a good. He was a good actor, and he still is. It's just a shame the things that happened to him personally. Yeah. So, um, would it do well today? No, I mean, no. We know that for a fact because they tried to resurrect the Dark Universe with the Mummy, and it tanked, and they just stopped the whole Dark Universe thing. Yeah. So, no, it wouldn't do well today. I could see this being released on, like, a B-level of Netflix movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, I mean, like, it's that's another way that you can tell it's of its time. Because at the time, yeah, this did really great. But if you're, say, you're saying, here's a star-studded special effects extravaganza about the mummy, no, it's not going to do well because that's not what we want to see right now. Well, that and, you know... Like you said, back then, this was star-studded, it was big, it was the number five movie of the year, and today it would be at best a B movie. Yeah. It just would. But that being said, don't don't sleep on that because I absolutely love a lot of B movies. Oh, yeah. They're fun. Um, who would you recast in the lead roles? Okay, so I got this. You know, honestly, the easy and dumb answer is The Rock as Brendan Fraser, but he's in this, so I'm not doing that. Zach Levi. Okay, Zach Levi'd be a good a good cast there. And um, his wife, I think Felicity Jones, she'd be really good. From um, um, Rogue One. 
Rogue yeah, that, One. She was in the Aeronauts. Yep, no, that's who I would have chosen. That that's yeah. actually my choice for 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 Rachel Weisz's character. Um, my choice for um, for Brendan Fraser's character though was um, oh shit, I lost his name all of a sudden. Uh, cra- oh, uh, uh, Christian Kane. He's in um, Leverage and a few other shows like that. I think he's older than Brendan Fraser. He though. might be, but he's still in real good shape. Yeah, he still looks good. So I would, I could cast him in that because he he's got that same. Again, we're casting B movie here, so yeah, I'm not going to bring in the Rock. So to me, Christian Kane's a B movie actor at this point. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't care who you recast as a Scorpion King because he's just going to be CGI'd. Yeah. And, I mean, you just do Roman Reigns now. Yeah. And you can't recast Emotep because every, and I, every time I see that guy, that's Emotep. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what else he's in. He's not in that much else. But it doesn't matter what he's else he's in, in. He's not in this much. Either. No, he's not. <laughs> he's CGI. When he does show up, he's CGI for the first 30 minutes when he's in the movie. Yeah. So... The Mummy is really not in much of The Mummy Returns. He barely returns. No, The Mummy Returns is much more about the Scorpion King. Yeah. The Mummy returns and goes swimming in the river. Um, so, who uh, would you pay to rent this movie? No. I'd buy it. <laughs> but again, it's just me. I mean, if you like movies that are dumb, I'd buy it. But no, I can see why you say no, too. You know, I get it. Yeah, that, that's just me. Like, I, wa- I I own The Mummy. I will watch The Mummy. Yep. I own Not The Mummy. Mummy Returns. I own The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. So I would watch both of them because uh-huh. they're both goofy, fun movies for me. But if you get to the end of this movie and you go, oh, my God, Steve, why did you make me watch this? I didn't make you. I understand why you don't like it. I'm just saying I do. So um, that's really all we have to say about this movie. So, eh. It's fun. I like it. But I also understand if you don't. So, next week should be a return to relative normalcy um, where we come out with a Knight's Tale. Now, this one, you and I have talked about this. I'm curious to see if I have different opinions about this one now than I had when I watched it the first time. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of worried about this one because I remember, like, Mummy Returns and it was really bad when I watched it. I didn't really think all of that much of Knight's Tale. I was I remember going out and like that should have been better because it has a cool idea and it has a great cast, but so right. yeah, I'm kinda curious how I'm gonna feel twenty years later. I am too, and and I think the other part of it is I am a much bigger Heath Ledger fan now than I was then. Me too. Although so, I did love him in Ten Things I Hate About You. Well yeah he was good in Ten Things I Hate About You. Um so you know I always thought Julia Stiles was gonna be more and she never really she shows up in the weirdest stuff with the Bourne movies. She's just, like, doing that. I want to know how much she got paid for those. Like like we've talked about before, I think she just went... She was like, we'll offer you a Paris vacation. She's like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I'll be in the movie for five minutes if I get to go to Paris for a week. <laughs> you know? Um, but we do do... We do do... Um, Night's Tale next week. And then our special 50th, 50th episode, right? 50th? No, no, still, still Moulin Rouge and then the next one. No, no. Moulin Rouge is our 50th. Oh, 50th, uh, 50th one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Moulin Rouge will be our 50th. And Steve is going to sing the whole time. I will. I will. We'll, we'll do Elephant Love Medley together. Okay, I, I, get to be, I get to be um, Nicole Kidman. That's fine. Okay. Um, and then after that, <clears throat> we were going to do Pearl Harbor... I was still leaning toward Pearl Harbor until Ryan messaged me and goes, this movie's over three hours long. And I went, oh, fuck that. Yeah, yeah I looked it up. and like, what's the runtime? Because I thought it was like 2.20. I'm like, okay, I can do that. Three hours and three minutes long. I'm like, no. No. I've given enough of my life to that movie. No, and like we talked about, the one thing I will say about it, you and I were talking the other day about it, I don't remember much of that movie. But I do remember that most of it took place after Pearl Harbor. Like, Pearl Harbor was the first, like, 20 hour? minutes, half an hour. <laughs> no, like, the first, like, hour is getting to Pearl Harbor. We're at Pearl Harbor for maybe 40 minutes, and then it's the Doolittle Raid. Yeah. So this movie was a weird setting overall. Because historically, they weren't exactly right next to each other. There was a lot of yeah, stuff that happened in there. 
But so, so instead, because we're really old and it doesn't feel right, but Mission Impossible, the first one is twenty five years old this year. Twenty fifth anniversary. To do that for the Memorial Day weekend. Yes, we are, and and that that's kind of fitting for Memorial Day weekend, isn't it? Yeah. A, that is a blockbuster, Mission Impossible. Yep. So that's and that since we're not going to have one this year, that'll feel good to open it at Memorial Day for us. Yeah, exactly. will be Mission Impossible, and you know. Don't sit on Mission Impossible. The first one was good, and it, there's a lot of those movies that have been really good. Oh, I love Mission Impossible. Like, all of them, except for 2, is great. Oh, MI2 was garbage. <laughs> I It's still watchable just because I'm like, what? Sean Woo, come on, buddy. I love you. What are you doing here? I actually, in some ways, was surprised the franchise survived Mission Impossible 2. Yeah, it, but it's funny because Mission Impossible 2 is still the biggest one. Yeah, I know. Even though the ones that came after it are significantly better. Yeah, and it keeps getting better. I think three was better than two. Yeah. Four is better than three. Five is better than four. And six is one of my favorite action movies of all time. That's because so. six is just nonstop. It's just, it's it's really good action all the way through. They have a helicopter fight. I mean. <laughs> Come on. Well, they have a, they have a helicopter fight in um, uh, uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Only the helicopter is... The helicopter fight is the rock holding a chain to the helicopter and holding onto a jeep and like fighting together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, you can't beat that. Um, so yeah, that, that's the rest of our May, though. Yep, that's the rest of our May, and then we'll uh, we'll kind of come out with our June schedule after that. But um, that's all we have for Mummy Returns. Um, yeah, enjoy it if you want to. If you don't, that's fine too. But come back next week, and let's see if the Middle Ages are more of our. Uh, run-of-the-mill specialty with Knight's Tale. All right. So, all right, guys. I'm Steve. I'm Ryan. We'll talk later.